Hello there, and thank you for joining me here on the tenth and final episode of Season 1 of Case Closed, the show where you and I go through the life and crimes of infamous serial killers. Last episode, we talked about Richard Ramirez and his terror across the state of California. If you've not yet listened to that, please go check it out. This episode, we're going to be talking about a man who warped the minds of a group of young individuals through drugs and promises of a better world. Charles Manson. Born on November 12th, 1934, he lived the first weeks of his life as no-name Maddox. Eventually, he got the name Charles Miles Maddox. His mother, Kathleen, was only 16 at the time of his birth. Charles' biological father appears to be Colonel Walker Henderson Scott Jr. His mother went after him with a paternity suit in 1937. The man was a well-known con artist. He told Kathleen Maddox that he was a colonel in the army, but that was just his name. After she told him she was pregnant, he said he was called away on army business. After several months of waiting, Kathleen realized he had no intentions of returning. Two months before Charles was born, Kathleen married William Manson, who was an employee of a local dry cleaning business. Reportedly, Kathleen started going out more and more often with her brother to local bars and getting drunk, leaving Charles home with multiple babysitters while William worked. In 1937, William filed for divorce against Kathleen, citing gross neglect of her only child. After their divorce, Charles retained William's last name, Manson. In early August of 1939, Kathleen and her brother Luther were arrested for robbery and were sentenced to five and ten years respectively. This left the nearly five-year-old Charles in the care of his aunt and uncle in West Virginia. In 1942, Kathleen made parole and came to get Charles, who later classified those first few weeks of her return as the happiest time in his life. A few weeks after she was paroled, Kathleen took Charles to Charleston, West Virginia, where he spent a lot of days truant and she spent most evenings drunk. Kathleen would be arrested but not convicted for grand larceny, and then would later move the two of them to Indianapolis, where she would meet a man named Lewis through Alcoholics Anonymous, and she would go on to marry him in 1943. Charles Manson started his life of crime at a very young age, later in life telling Diane Sawyer in an interview that, When I was nine, I set my school on fire. Manson also got into a lot of trouble for truancies, as well as petty theft, and in 1947, at the age of 13, he would be sent to Gabalt School for Boys in Terre Haute, Indiana. This was a very strict Catholic reform school, where even the smallest of infractions led to beatings with a paddle or leather strap. Before long, Charles ran away and slept in the woods, under bridges, and anywhere else he could find. He was fleeing back home to his mother, he spent Christmas in 1947 at his aunt and uncle's house back in West Virginia, and after that, his mother sent him back to Gibalt. Ten months later, he ran away again. In 1948, Manson committed his first known crime when he robbed a grocery store. He initially went in just to steal something to eat, but found a cigar box with nearly $100 in it and grabbed it. He used the money to rent a room in Skid Row of Indianapolis and to buy food for himself. After this initial crime, Manson tried to go straight by delivering messages for a local Western Union. Soon after, though, he began supplementing his income with theft. 
1949, he was eventually caught. And rather than sending him to jail, the judge sent him to Boys Town, a juvenile facility in Omaha, Nebraska. Four days after he arrived, Charles and another boy named Blackie Nielsen obtained a gun and stole a car. They were headed to Blackie's uncle's house in Illinois and committed two armed robberies along the way. After arriving at the uncle's house, who was reported to be a professional thief, he took the two boys on as apprentices. Two weeks later, Manson would be caught during a nighttime raid of a department store and would be linked to the two armed robberies along the way and was sent to the Indiana Boys School, a strict reform school. At this school, Manson was raped multiple times with encouragement from a staff member. Charles ran away on 18 different occasions but was always brought back. While there, he developed a form of self-defense he called the insane game. If he was being physically overpowered, he would start screeching and making strange facial expressions while waving his arms everywhere, trying to make the other person think he was insane. It didn't work. In 1951, Manson and two other boys finally escaped successfully from the school. They were trying to get to California by robbing gas stations and stealing cars along the way, but they got caught up in Utah, where, for the federal crime of driving a stolen car across state lines, Manson was sent to Washington, D.C.'s National Training School for Boys, another reformatory. Once he arrived, he was given an aptitude test which deemed him illiterate, and a psychologist deemed him aggressively antisocial. Later that year, on a psychiatrist's recommendation, Manson was transferred to Natural Bridge Honor Camp, a minimum security institution. His aunt visited him and told administrators she would let him stay at her house and would help him find work. Charles had a parole hearing scheduled for February 1952. However, in January, he was caught raping a boy at knife point. Manson was then transferred to a federal reformatory in Petersburg, Virginia. While there, Charles committed eight more serious disciplinary offenses. He was then moved to a maximum security facility in Chillicothe, Ohio, where he was to remain until his 21st birthday in November of 1955. Good behavior led to an early release though, and in May of 1954, Manson went to live with his aunt and uncle in West Virginia. In January of 1955, Charles Manson married a hospital waitress named Rosalie Jean Willis. Around October that year, three months after he and his pregnant wife arrived in Los Angeles in a car he had stolen in Ohio, Manson was again charged with a federal crime for taking a vehicle across state lines. After a psychiatric evaluation, he was given five years probation. Manson's failure to appear at a Los Angeles hearing on an identical charge filed in Florida resulted in his March 1956 arrest in Indianapolis. His probation was revoked and he was sentenced to three years at Terminal Island in San Pedro, California. While Manson was in prison, Rosalie gave birth to their son, Charles Manson Jr. During his first year at Terminal Island, Manson received many visits from Rosalie and his mother who were now living together in Los Angeles. But in March of 1957, when the visits from his wife ceased, his mother informed him that Rosalie was living with another man. Less than two weeks before a scheduled parole hearing, Manson tried to escape by stealing a car. He was given five years probation and his parole was denied. In 1958, Manson received five years parole. This was also the same year that the divorce with Rosalie went through. He would be caught forging a signature on a cashier's check for $43, claiming that he stole it from a mailbox. 
he received a 10-year suspended sentence and probation when a woman, whom he had been pimping out for a few months at this time, testified that they were in love and she wanted to marry him and have his baby. Manson and this girl would be caught in New Mexico along with another girl, where Manson was selling them as prostitutes. Manson had violated his probation by being out of California and got the full 10-year sentence for his attempted forged check. While in prison, Charles Manson took guitar lessons and got the contact information for some music producers in Hollywood, where he would eventually go on to make an album. It's quite interesting, you should check it out. It's called 1967. In June of 1966, Charles would head to Terminal Island for preparation for early release. In 1967, at the time of his release, Manson had spent over half of his life in jails and reformatories, telling authorities that prison was his home, and asked them if he could stay. Shortly after his discharge, Manson began playing music at parties and started gaining a small cult following. Mostly young girls he would prostitute out for money and favors, though eventually they all became what is known as the Manson family. This family consisted primarily of Tex Watson, Susan Atkins, Patricia Krenwinkel, Leslie Van Houten, and Charles Manson, though there were others along the way such as Robert Biosalil, Mary Bruner, and Linda Kasabian. Nobody did anything without Charles' knowledge or consent. He would preach to these young people about how everything in life was a lie, and he would give them the truth. He provided them with marijuana and acid, and would give them lectures and make them do mental exercises during trips. He helped to keep the family content and happy by moving them around to various parts of the United States so they wouldn't feel stagnant. Eventually, the family morphed into a doomsday cult when Charles became positive that the world would be destroyed by an imminent race war. Manson was a white supremacist and believed that America's black population would overthrow the white population. But due to lack of experience and leadership, they would need some white people to help run the country. And that's where he felt that he and his family would come in. In 1968, Charles Manson adopted the term Helter Skelter from a Beatles song to refer to the upcoming war. In August of 1969, the family began murdering people. They murdered a total of nine, but most notably was actress Sharon Tate, who was home with three of her friends. When Tex, Atkins, Krenwinkel, and Van Houten entered her home in Los Angeles and murdered all four of them, Sharon was more than eight months pregnant at the time, and the baby did not survive. Tex was instructed by Manson to kill as gruesomely as possible, and Tex wrote pig on the door in blood. The very next day, the family killed one more, writing Hilter Skelter on the wall in blood. At this time, Hollywood and Los Angeles were scared. People thought that someone was going after celebrities. Steve McQueen reportedly started patrolling the streets with a gun and Frank Sinatra got out of town altogether. Manson was trying to perpetuate the race war by showing N-words how it was done. The family was later deemed responsible for other assaults, thefts, and even an attempted assassination on President Gerald Ford. In October of 1969, some of the Manson family, including Charles, were arrested for Grand Theft Auto. While in prison, Susan Atkins brags to inmates that she was a part of the Tate murders. This information was passed on to a guard, and eventually an investigation was launched. A man named Al Springer, who had recently talked to Charles, claims that Charles was bragging about having killed five pigs. 
Thus, Manson and his family were tried for the five murders. The trial began on July 15, 1970, and on the first day of testimony, which was July 24th, Charles Manson came into court with an X carved into his forehead. His followers issued the statement, I have X'd myself from your world. The next day, Atkins, Van Houten, and Krenwinkle also showed up to court with X's carved into their foreheads. Followers of the Manson family held a vigil outside after being banned from the courtroom for disruptive behavior. The trial had a national following, even drawing a statement from President Nixon who claimed he believed that Manson was responsible either directly or indirectly for the murders. Manson held that paper up in court and claimed it a mistrial because they were believed to have killed far fewer than Nixon had in the Vietnam War. At one point, Charles grabbed a sharpened pencil and charged the judge. He was grabbed before he made it, but shouted that someone should cut off the judge's head. All while the three ladies started chanting something in Latin. After that, the judge started wearing a handgun to the remainder of the trial. The three female family members wanted to testify that Charles had nothing to do with the murders. But the next day, Charles himself testified. The judge allowed him to testify outside the jury, and he said, These children that come at you with knives, they're your children. You taught them, I didn't teach them. I just tried to help them stand up. Most of the people at the ranch that you call the family were just people you did not want. Charles continued, comparing his actions to society at large. I know this, that in your hearts and your souls you're as much responsible for the Vietnam War as I am for killing these people. I can't judge any of you. I have no malice against you, no ribbons for you, but I think it is high time that you all started looking at yourselves and judging the lie that you live in. Manson concluded his statement by saying, My father is the jailhouse. My father is your system. I'm only what you made me. I'm only a reflection of you. You want to kill me? Ha, I'm already dead. I have been all my life. I spent 23 years in tombs that you have built. After he had testified, he told the girls they no longer needed to testify. And the trial drug on quite a bit longer, being at the time the longest trial in American history at 225 days. But on January 25, 1971, the jury found the Manson family guilty of first-degree murder and several counts. Though it is not known whether or not Manson truly killed anybody himself, it is believed that at one point he shot a drug dealer to help protect Tex. On March 29, 1971, the jury sentenced all of the defendants to death. Being that all of this took place in the state of California, their sentences would be changed the following year to life with chance of parole. Manson did, however, spend the rest of his life in prison. He gave several interviews throughout his life and even became involved in Scientology. But on January 1st, 2017, Charles Manson was rushed to Mercy Hospital in Bakersfield, California with gastrointestinal bleeding, where doctors would deem him too weak for surgery. He was returned to prison five days later in an unknown condition. On November 19, 2017, 46 years after he was given the death sentence, Charles Manson died from cardiac arrest resulting in complications from pancreatic cancer. His life and crimes have since created many movies and books and still have people wondering, how could he have influenced those young minds so completely? To end our last episode of season one, I'll send you away with a quote from Charles Manson. He once said, 
If you look down at me, you'll see a fool. If you look up at me, you'll see a god. If you look straight at me, you'll see yourself. And that's Case Closed. Thank you so much for listening. It's been great to have you here along this season. I've had a lot of fun. I can't wait to get going again in season two. Uh, Meanwhile, keep an ear out because we've got season two of Cold Case Chase coming soon. As well as our recap show, we'll be covering all of season one of Case Close in our next cross-examination. A Case of the Chills hosted by Layla is out now. Please go listen to that. That's some pretty chilly stuff. Also, Zodiac Task Force Episode 1 is out now. Lots of great stuff to listen to and to look out for. Also, please go listen to the other podcasts by Raving Lunatic Media. We've got Sci-Fi Malady, Quick Rants. You should join our Discord server. Lots of fun conversation to be had there. You can audition for parts on this show as well as Cold Case Chase. And uh, upcoming parts for Zodiac Task Force. There will be a link in the description. If you'd like to support this podcast further, there's a link in the description for that as well. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Please come back and join me in Season 2. We will be hitting serial killers from throughout history. Thanks, everybody.